Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Post Game Overtime. It is episode three, and you are here with Brandon and Will. And he, we are here to talk about more divisional rounds. Well, not more divisional rounds. Just a little more. Brandon, how are we doing? Good. Yeah, we kind of touched up on it a little bit last episode, but we didn't uh, kind of ran out of time for breaking it down in depth. So that's that's the first half of what we're going to be discussing here uh, in this episode. And uh, second half will be a little bit of UFC 270 action. Going to be a good yes, one. Sir. We got the heaviest male division and the lightest male division, both fighting for the belts on these same cards. It's going to be a fun one. Yeah, it's going to be nice to, to watch that. Yeah. Should we start off with a little bit of football, baby? Let's do it. Let's got, yeah, do it. Divisional games coming up this weekend, Saturday and Sunday again. Man, I heard some people talking and saying Super Wild Card Weekend and the Slime Bowl was uh, a letdown. And I heard some people say that the games were boring because they were all blowouts. Yeah, I've I've heard that a fair bit, and I I do kind of agree with it, it to I, an extent, because there were there were a couple good games in there, but there were some of them where it was like, is like, do we just turn it off after the first half? Because like kind of like holy, holy I, shit, like here we go. See, I get there were a lot of games like that, but from my perspective, it felt like a very definitive playoff year, like it was yeah. kind of the. It was this pure separating the the men from the boys, and and I say that very tentatively because my team would be the quote unquote boys, and the the Patriots they're they're men, they're awesome, I love them. Yeah. We'll, we'll get them next year, but um, I I think it was it was a definitive separation between the elite divisional round teams and the wild card teams, and I think this whole season was so close. Like there felt like there was more parody in the NFL than ever with with teams that usually aren't great leading divisions. We had, you know, the Bengals making a run. Every team <laughs> felt like they were there this year within, you know, reason, obviously. But so many teams felt eligible. And I felt like that super wild card round just it created that separation. And now I'm really dialed in for the divisional round, which starts off with the Bengals at Tennessee with the spread set at minus three and a half. So the Titans are minus three and a half. Yeah, just kind of going off what you said, like there in in the wild card games, you know, there was you know, there were there was the two close games, which was the Raiders and the Bengals, and then the 49ers and the Cowboys. Those were the, Elite the close ones that, that kind of <laughs> They kind of kept you on the edge of your seat all the way through. And then you had the other games, most notably, uh, I mean, well, every other game, like the Bills over the Pats and and so on. But it, it sets up to make these divisional games that much more exciting, especially the Sunday games, because now you got the Rams and the Bucks, who both dominated their team. And then you've got the Bills and the Chiefs, who also dominated their yep. opposition in it. So now you've got these teams that, are on highs and we just watch them dominate and now they're going head to head. And it, it kind of sucks. That it's, it sucks that it's like the divisional games that it's it's happening instead of, you know, the AFC and NFC championship games. But it's still gonna be a very exciting to watch them. And then you've got the underdogs like the Bengals and the 49ers taking on the the top dogs and the Titans and Packers. So and 
although those were close games. Yeah, 100%. And although those were close games, I think the Bengals game was a little more distant than maybe the score reflected. Yeah. And in the 49ers was an upset win. It's not like any team has moved on with a with a shitty, dirty, gross win. It is juggernaut versus juggernaut. And I love the way you, you especially brought up the Bills Chiefs. Like that is such an exciting game now on the heels of two outstanding wins. Oh, it, yeah. Like it's and then you've also and then the other side you've got the the Bucks and the Rams who both dominate to get their wins and you've got the, you know, the Rams elite defense going up against Tom Brady. Like Well, and not only did both teams and I think this can be said for almost all the teams that moved on or or especially the Sunday games, you know, they dominated in both sides of the ball. Yeah. It wasn't like one team got through with purely offense and one team got through with purely defense. And although those are interesting matchups, it's we are seeing great matchups on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Like the Rams yeah, you've, offense. You've always got a stud out there. Yeah, like the Rams offense has finally clicked something in. The Bucks offense seems to have finally clicked it in. The Rams defense is the Rams defense. The Bucks offense is the Bucks offense. And then you got, you know, Bills, Chiefs, so on and so forth. You know, the Bills with both sides especially. But, oh, man, yeah. I, I just can't wait. But should we start with the Bengals and Titans? Yeah, we'll start off there. First game on Sunday. King Henry's back. It's what Saturday. are you thinking? Yeah. Fuck, Saturday. Yeah, he's going to be back. He's I give the guy credit. You know what? Broke his foot week eight, and he's... He's going to be out there, and he said he's geared up and ready to go. So it's honestly good on him. That takes a lot, especially from a, a running back where your whole game is just get the ball and run. And he's yeah. recovered from a broken foot, and he's he's going out there. So Rumor has it the same doctor who cleared him was the same doctor that did uh, Patrick Mahomes' concussion protocol in the playoffs last year. <laughs> After he just got knocked uncalled and was crisp in five days. Actually, you you talking about um, doctors and and uh, that shit? I'm trying to remember who. Oh, I can't remember, but I was laughing so hard because it was last weekend. They were talking about one of the quarterbacks, and I can't yeah. remember. I think it. Oh, I can't. I honestly cannot remember who it is. It might have been Jimmy G, but I don't know for sure. Okay. But anyways, they were talking about how they were, you know, dealing with some injury or something. And they just took a sh- like a shit ton of painkillers instead. And the reason for that was they didn't want to go see the doctor or anything because they were worried that another Tyrod Taylor situation was going to happen. Woof. Literally, their reason was I was scared my lung was going to get punctured. So I just took a bunch of medication instead. Yikes. <laughs> which which i thought was just super funny that that was like the reasoning it was very specific to that one incident who's i want to find out what this team's medical staff was and if their lead was dr kevorkian like yeah yeah. not everyone will get that reference but the few (laughs) that did will fucking love it they refuse to explain it all Um, right so Bengals and titans what do you feel on this game 
Oh, man. This is, I think, really close. If you talked about, I think I might have said this last week, if you talk purely offense and you want to talk about three phases of offense, your receivers, your running backs, your quarterback, I think it's evenly matched. I think Bengals and um, Titans both have explosive receiving cores. Maybe Titans have those two huge name brand guys, but I think Bengals have an equally explosive receiving core. Yes, Titans have Henry. Bengals have Mixon. If you want to go down quarterback to quarterback, yes, Tannehill has more experience, which could be huge, but Burrow's been in big games, baby, and he's won. Yeah. He he knows how to get it done. Man, he knows how to get it done. I don't know if the Bengals' defense. Yeah. Is enough. And I think if it comes down to coaching, Vrabel, I'm giving the nod to him. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, give honestly, me Titans you, minus you nailed three. It. Give yeah, me, you, you give me the, Titans minus three and a half. <laughs> you, you hit the nail on the head like perfectly. It comes, the entire game really comes down to what can the Bengals defense do? And can they I, stop the onslaught that the Titans are going to be bringing on them? I think defense and game plan. I think the Bengals will substantially increase their chances if they do what every team that needs, like every team that's beaten the Patriots, you know, you talk about the 2007-2010 Giants teams, especially 2007 when Patriots had that offense. The biggest thing they did was keep Brady off the field. And if... Bengals can kind of play that small ball, short yardage throws, high percentage throws, a lot of running, and keep the ball in their hands, maintain possession, and keep Tannehill, Henry, Jones, those guys, keep them off the field. I think that's what's going to be the biggest thing, is take pressure off of that defense through offense. Yeah, you exactly. That's Yeah, I don't, I don't go much more on that. That's exactly what they got to go out there and do, but it's, it's exactly what the bucks did last year to take care of the chiefs. Yeah. Yes. Their defense came up huge, but they employed a huge running game with Fournette, and they ran it down their throats. And honestly, taking all things in consideration, I'm going to go against on this one. I, I like the look of the bangles in this one. I really think it could go either way, man. I, I am so excited for that matchup. Because I think it is just razor, razor close. Yeah. And and I would almost I would almost debate taking the Bengals plus three and a half, even if the Titans win, saying it's gonna be that close. It will be that close. Oh yeah, I, I think this one is I think almost every game we're about to discuss is gonna be a close one. But yeah, I think the Bengals are gonna they're gonna find a way to get it done again. It's not gonna be Easy or pretty, but they're going to find a way to to squeak that win out and get it done. True. And here's a fun fact about last week's Super Wildcard Weekend. Every team that won, covered. Oh, shit. There you go. So, is it going to be there? Because it was all blowouts, right? Yeah. Except for the Bengals, and that was a close game on the spread. And the um, the 49ers, and they they were given points for that game. So... Yeah, Every yeah, team that won so. covered. So I wonder if that will still be the theme in the divisional round. So the next game, we got the Packers. So the 49ers in Green Bay. 
Spread is set at six. You can guess who the favorite is in that one. Brandon, who you got? I mean, I literally, I think it was like 30 seconds before we started recording here. I was just looking and Nick Bosa has been cleared. Um, he cleared concussion protocol and he's going to, um, he's going to be good to go. <laughs> I've had uh, concussions. Legit. Not once have I ever been cleared in a week. Well, I, yeah, I'm guessing, I'm, I'm guessing he didn't have one, but it, it looked pretty bad. But even with him, even with Bosa playing, I just don't see a way that this 49ers team can knock off the Packers. I does to me, the spread really doesn't matter. Like, I'm taking Packers all day long in this matchup. And you think they cover six? Easily, yeah. I got to be honest, I think they do too, and I think it's easily. I think yeah. Rodgers is pissed off once again. It's his contract year. Once again, he's got something to prove. Once again, he hates his team. Once again, he hates the management. Once again, he goes on Pat McAfee's show and says weird kumbaya shit and talks about Joe Rogan. It's classic well, Rodgers. And the whole narrative that started at the beginning of the season that no one's really thinking about now is that Rodgers and I, I think Adams was kind of in on it with him but they came into the season with kind of like that that whole last dance mentality yep. thing going on so this is like this could very well be their you know they could both be out of Green Bay next year and this could be their last chance to get it done there together and and that inspires dudes man you know never oh, Never, never bet against the guy that's got something to prove. I don't know. I've got nothing to and, lose. And not, I don't know how it fucking goes. Yeah, and, and not only that, but yeah, it goes throughout the entire team. Because Rodgers yeah. is clearly the leader of that team. And everything runs around him with that organization. So 100%. when every guy looks to each other and says like, hey, you know, this is this, like all these young guys or even the old guys on the team are looking at each other saying, this could realistically be our last chance or our best chance we're ever going to have to win it all. 100%. This if we go out there, shit the bed, Rogers and maybe Adams are gone. And then we're back to square one. And now we're dog shit again. So. Yeah. And I think it could almost be the same way. Like the bucks have really rallied around Brady. And I think the bucks realize the opportunity they have. Yeah. I, I mean, would they, hope the Packers fair, players they already capture one with him but yes but i hope the new crop of packers players understand the opportunity they have to play under rogers yeah once the same way i think the bucks have realized that with brady like you look at guys like mike evans who's really like he speaks very highly of tom in interviews i Who? love mike evans Who? mike uh chris evans fuck yeah, no, I just we, yeah, Evans. We, we, Mike Evans. That was so funny. We we, we noticed after our recording that you said Chris Evans like a good ten times, and you know what? I can't even make fun of you for making that mistake because you did it for like a good five minutes, and I didn't even notice. And if I, told, I may I make a defense, back and I was like, "Shit, I don't think you can. I think you you just fucked up." I'll take the L. I'll I'll happily take the L. But I'd like to just say this before everyone goes, "Always oh, thinking of the actor." No. I was I was combining Chris Godwin. No, yeah, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Chris Evans. Yeah, but but you know what? That's that's valid. I'm still gonna make fun of you for it. Of but course. At least in this moment, we can both agree the Packers slapped the 49ers. Yeah, they spanked. And you know what? 
And you know, we could be sitting here a week from now and be like, hey, we are wrong. I mean, we thought the Cowboys were going to slap the 49ers around and look how that turned out. So I, I agree. When you talk about if, if you looked at them in as as mutual funds, as stocks. The Green Bay Packers is a low risk stock, my friend. If you want to talk about like consistency, the Packers beat the Cowboys every week. Every week. Yeah. Cowboys might show up on offense, they might show up on defense, they might not show up at all, they might show up both. In the playoffs, the Packers will show up. They might not kick a they might kick a field goal when they should go for a touchdown, but they'll show up. Hey yo. Okay, next Alrighty, game. Though, moving, moving on to the big Sunday matchups now. Big Sunday, fun day, baby. We got the LA Rams heading down to Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay with the spread set at three. Who you got? I, I think out of every game that... We, I think out of every game that's going to go on this weekend, I think this one is going to be the lowest scoring game. Ooh. I think it's going to be a lower, like, you know, not low, like, oh, it's a 13 to 10 win or whatever. But it's, it's going to be somewhere in the, in the lower range in relation to the rest of the games. But I, again, though, like, you, you're an idiot if you can sit there and say, like, that you're going against Tom Brady in the playoffs. As much as the Rams... Have looked good all year. I didn't really like how their offense looked last week. You know, they got the win done, but it was very largely in play because of their defense, you know, with the the pick six and then always giving their offense good field position to work with. And yeah, so in the end, I just can't go against Brady. So I'm taking the bucks on this one. I, I got to agree with everything you said there. I, I do. I think the only thing is, Rams have an amazing defense. Yeah. And Which is, that's what's going to come down to. It's possible to shut Tom Brady down. I, 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 I agree. I think it's going to come down to defense. Because I think it's going to come down to, can the Bucks shut down the Rams offense more than the Rams can shut down the Bucks offense? That being said, playoff Lenny is back. Yeah, that is true. Mr. Fournette has re-entered the chat. So, you know, I agree. Give me Bucks minus three. I think they can cover. I do think it's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be close. The over-under is set at 48 and a half. I think you would be smart taking the under. Yeah, I I agree with, with every single point on that. So, But the big game, the final Sunday night game of the week. What are you thinking Buffalo, of this one, Bills and the Chiefs? Bills, Chiefs. Two and a half. Chiefs are the favorite. Give me the Bills, man. What? Really? Gave me the Bills in a shootout. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think Allen's going to be on fire. I think Mahomes is going to be on fire. I think the, I think it's going to come down to one or two huge stops from that Bills defense. I think it's going to be a Micah Hyde. Res- Mike, no, not Micah Hyde. What's Hyde's first name? I'm not going to fuck up names two weeks in a row. Is it Carlos? Maybe. I don't know. I think is, it's going to come down there, to 107. Carlos Hyde? Hmm. Oh, it is Micah Hyde. 
You're right. You nailed it. You didn't fuck up this time. Micah Hyde? Yeah, fuck it is Micah Hyde. I think it's going to come down to a Micah Hyde reception. I think it's going to come down to a big bill stop or a huge turnover. But outside of that, I think it's going to be an offense-heavy game. Over-under is set at 54.5. And you might even be able to take the over, man. Yeah, I I think this one, I agree. It's going to be a very high-scoring game. And I agree. It's going to come down to, you know, a big stop from, from either side. But at the end of the day, I, I like the look of the Chiefs going into this one. I think it's just so hard to to not go with them just based on what they've done, and especially with how everything with their offense has been clicking. You know, mm. I think it's going to be one of those things where whatever the Bills do, the Chiefs can go out there and just completely match it. And, you know, it, yeah. it very well vice versa for both. But, yeah, I think in the end, I, I think the Chiefs are, are going to get it done. You think the Chiefs are going to get it done? Yeah, I think it's I think Chiefs are gonna are gonna pull it out. Give me give me Bills plus two. We I will think have Bills to wait it. see and see what happens. I think that, that game's gonna be I mean, every game is gonna be exciting this weekend, but that one is gonna be is gonna be a dog fight. A very high scoring dog fight to be exact. Of the highest proportions. It is going to be an amazing I think it's gonna be an amazing week of playoff football. It is going to rock agree. and roll. So to wrap it up, do you want to, because I, I, I let you do this. I give you control over this. Do you want to oh, throw together I, the, the PGO parlay here for, for the game this weekend? I would love to throw the, together the PGO parlay, Brandon, but I'm putting you a better. twist on it. Oh, I'm shit. throwing All in right. some different games in there. We're taking Titans minus three and a half. We're taking Green Bay Packers minus six. We're taking Buccaneers minus three. And we are taking the Bills plus two and a half, baby. But we are also taking the under on the Buccaneers game, the over on the Bengals game, and the over on the Bills game. All right. I like that, actually. I I agree with. And as I've been talking, the spread has shifted, baby. It is now Buffalo Bills plus two. That means people are slamming that money line. They like that bet because it's a hot bet. You put 10 bucks on this week's PGO parlay, that wins you 877. But to make it fun and put me in the 1,000s, I'm laying 15. Give me a $1,300 win any day of the week. That was my PGO parlay breakdown, baby. There you go. That's the PGO parlay of the week going into this weekend. Um, That's got to be a segment. We need some theme music for that. Oh, in, in due time, we will we will throw something together for that. But uh, moving on to the the other part of what's going to be a big part of our Saturday night, UFC 270 coming up here. Huge. Absolutely huge, and I don't just mean the main event fight. Because that that is big boys going at it. So quite literally, the big boys, the two heavyweights. We got Cyril Gone taking on Francis Ngannou. Actually, um, speaking of it, did you? I sent you a video. I think it was about an hour ago of 
Francis Ngannou. Did you get a chance to view that at all yet? Um, I believe I did. That like but... the, for, for those who don't know, it's the it was just released. It's a clip from the new Jackass movie coming out. Oh, of him punching uh, that... the dude in the balls. Yeah. Like holy shit! How do you like? Who brings that to the table first of all, and then who's the one that's like, yeah, fuck it, I'll do it. Well, like, so we not all a know. Chance. We all know the Dana White famous quote of, "He generates as much as much force as a Ford Escort or something." Yeah. Have you heard that stat? So imagine taking a Ford Escort directly to the ball sack. Yeah, exactly. Like like a Ford Escort condensed down into a fist to the crotch. That hurts, man. That stings. Yeah, no, no protection, like no cup on you or anything. Like just straight up. Oh, okay. Anyways, I'm. I had to readjust because I didn't like the way I was sitting, just talking about it. So, man, you want to start us off here and? Uh, I would love to. Wanna, yeah, let's let us know what you think. You you're more of the expert. In this field, I'm just here to, to poke I don't... fun at you and whatnot, so. Well, I'm so far from an expert, but I just say big words to make things sound exciting. So let's do the, exactly that. In All the main event, I see no Davids in sight. It is Goliath versus Goliath. We got the 6'4", 245, 81-inch reach, 42-inch leg reach, Cyril gone, undefeated, Taking on the 6'4", 262, 83-inch reach, 44.5-inch lag reach, Cameroonian-born Francis the Predator in Ghana. We got champ versus interim champ. We got beast versus beast. We got knockout destructive demolition man versus technical... Moves like a middleweight, hits like a heavyweight, heavyweight fighter. Now, a few storylines coming into this fight. Pardon? Fuck, that was a lot. Fuck, that was a lot to swallow there. Holy shit. That's what they usually say. That was good, though. That's it. That's no, that's a fuck's sake. No, that was a that was a great breakdown. I feel fully invested. Like, I got goosebumps from that. That's how (laughs) that's how good you nailed it there. So. Well, let's talk about it. There's a few storylines going into this fight. A big one is, oh, I'll hit you with them, baby. Both of them started training out of France. Both of them were at the same gym, under the same coach, and have trained together. Sierra gone earlier in the month. His team released footage, or T's releasing footage, did both, of Nganu getting dropped by a leg kick. Nganu then comes out and says he dropped Cyril gone with a head kick. Cyril gone in the press conference, acknowledged it, said you did hurt me, you didn't knock me out though. Nganu says he doesn't brag about it because it was an accident. Both of them have, sh- have kind of shared barbs, but both of them have said they respect each other. I do think there will be no more talking, obviously, when that cage door closes. And I would even say, I don't know if there might be a glove touch. It's going to be a violent fight. It's going to be a violent fight. I hope Nganu takes the approach he took during the uh, Miocic fight and not the approach he took in the Rosenstrike fight, although I highly doubt he will. Um, Mm -hmm. I hope Cyril engages. 
I don't know if he can safely. You just, you almost can't engage with Ngannou. And he's been getting yeah. better every day. Now, another big quote that came out was the, I believe, a training partner or coach being interviewed about the two fighters. And he said that Cyril was a naturally, naturally more talented striker. But Francis was a harder worker. Okay, okay. Something to chew on. Just yeah, throwing it out bad. there. But either way, but it is I, going I, to be an explosive fight. I'm pulling up right now what the over-under is set for that fight. Because let me tell you, I don't think it's going over two and a half rounds. I don't think it sees... I definitely don't think it sees the championship rounds. I really don't. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I completely agree. With you. I don't see a way where, where it does. Just with these two guys and, you know, their resumes and what they're gonna bring, bring out there on Saturday night. I, yeah, I don't see a way it can go. Past. I, I don't or, think it's gonna go past two and a half at all. Well, so two and a half is the over under, but there is a prop that. On will it go the distance? The yes is a plus two hundred underdog, and the no is a minus three hundred favorite. Yeah, well, that, I mean that right there—that tells you that's, that's very what the telling, bookmakers so. are giving it. Yeah, yeah. But so I definitely going to be a big one. Which way are you leaning on this fight? I gotta go with Francis. I think Francis is a. Yeah. You you can almost compare it to Wilder Fury one. With the exception is I think Nganu is a much more technical and experienced fighter, MMA fighter, than Wilder was a boxer. Wilder was only yeah. a few years into boxing where I think Wilder has or or Nganu has been there a little longer. Um I think he has the knockout power. We saw his technical ability in the Stipe fight. We saw his ability to dictate where the fight took place, and that was in the past, a big issue for Ngannou was he wasn't able to dictate where it took place. If you wanted to take him down, you could take him down. As we saw with Miocic, now you can't. Yeah. So, I got to give it to Ngannou, and if you're betting that, I think you got to take the under. I think it's silly to bet Ngannou win and go over two and a half rounds. So I'm taking Ngannou. With the under two and a half. And let's move on to the co-main event. With the assassin baby. Brandon Moreno versus Davidson. Figueredo. I don't think I can pronounce his nickname. I don't I think it's English. I, I think it, it translates to the God of War. But. Going to be a huge like fight. That. It is a trilogy. We what love do you think those. Of? We love those. What do you think? <sighs> a lot of bad blood. Yeah, especially when you're going in trilogy. I like ah, that's tough. I I think this fight is gonna be a really really close one. Yeah, I think I I genuinely think it it could go either way. Like I mean, obviously, like that you know that's an old saying. Like in these fights, some could change just like that. But I think like it's gonna come down to one you know single move that's gonna get it done. But I like the look of Marino in this one. I really like Moreno too, and I'm hitting that Moreno line hard. Here's what I think yeah. these fights are going to resemble. I think it's going to resemble two fights specifically. It's going to resemble the second um, um, 
Joseph Benavides versus Davidson Figueredo fight. And it's going to resemble the Aldo McGregor fight. And let me tell you how. There was a lot of built-up animosity in those fights, and less so for the Figueredo-Benavidez um, fight. But Benavidez really wanted that win, and he had something to prove because he got he got cracked hard in the first fight, but there was the weight miss from Figueredo. There was the headbutt. He was going out. There was something to prove, and he got stopped because he was too emotional. Aldo was getting rattled by McGregor, came out with a huge swing, got countered, got stopped. Moreno is cool, calm, and collected, and Figueredo feels like he's out for blood, but not in a not in a calm hunting way, in a desperate is gonna make mistakes way. It feels like he's gonna be lunging forward. It feels like he's he's too angry. He's too chomping at the bit where Moreno is just cool, calm, collected, and I think he's gonna take this one. I I yeah. agree. I will say, however. Will it go over? Will it go under? The spread is set at, or not the spread, but the, the over-under is set at three and a half. Now, I think it's either going the distance or it's not making it out of the first round. I think Moreno either comes okay. out there, shows his calmness in the octagon, capitalizes on two quick mistakes, and gets him out of there. Or it goes the distance. Because I think after it gets past those initial that initial round, I think that anger that Figueredo has will will subside. And then I think he will dial in and it will just be a good fight to the final bell. I yeah, I think th- I think that's exactly But I think it's either gonna be Moreno drops him and chokes him out in the first round, or we're seeing decisions. So give me the over. Give me Moreno. Yeah. Who do you have? I I no, I I completely agree with that. You're you were sitting there going on, but no, I completely agree the, uh, that I like the over, and yeah, I like Marino taking this one. I feel so, very confident with that. I feel very confident, too. Now, um, we have Andre Fa- Fallo versus uh, Mich- Michelle Pereira. Sorry, I can't talk right now. I think Pereira's going to win this. He is the favorite. I don't think there's a ton to talk about. He, I'm yeah. not a huge fan of Pereira. He's flashy, he's fancy, but he doesn't finish fights. He doesn't. I'm sorry. He gasses himself yeah. out. He does backflips off of the octagon, and then he's huffing and puffing by the second round. I'm not yep. watching a circus performer. I'm wanting to watch a fighter. I think he dances too much. I don't think he fights enough. That being said, when he chooses to fight, he's fast, he's explosive. He is a dominant striker. He's stronger than all hell. And he has good ability. He has talent, which is yep. why it annoys me when he showboats. So if he sticks to the game plan, he goes in there hard. I think he can win it, and I think he can take the under because the over under is set at two and a half. Because Michelle Pereira doesn't have a ton of finishes because he gasses and showboats. I think he is going to come in there. The last fight, he said he wants to dial it up. I think he's going to come in there motivated. I don't think we're going to see. As much bullshit, and I I think we're gonna see a finish. Yeah, I I I, I agree. I mean, there's not much. Yeah, like you said, that can really be said about this fight in general. But no, I agree. I think he's gonna get it done, and yeah, I think it's gonna be a lot sooner in the fight than what we're used to seeing. Fair enough. So we'll finish it on one more. I don't think I'm gonna include this one in the parlay because I want to just make some wild predictions, but. 
This is a huge one. We got Saeed Nurmagomedov versus Cody Stamen. So this is, I believe, please don't quote me, I'm going to quickly look it up, the cousin of Khabib Nurmagomedov. I believe his brother fights in um, Bellator. Okay, I guess he is not related to Khabib. Uh, no, he's a cousin. It. He's a cousin. He, no, maybe he didn't. Okay. No, that's a misconception. All right. Holy shit! I don't think he's related. Holy they just got the same shit. last name. Was that offensive of me? Maybe. But I looked it up on Google and it said there's a general misconception. So maybe I'm just a general casual. And we You're all just know that. part of a large group of dumbasses. We know. We know. But so let me know what you um, think on this one. That Give me some a lot of things. info. Give me the insider info. If I'm correct, Stamen has a wrestling background. I do believe Stamen is a great up-and-comer. Without sounding racist, I don't think you can ever really bet against those guys from that uh, district. The the if if they're from the Dagestan area, even even like uh, Hamzat Chamaya is from Chechnya. Those guys are built different. I'm sorry. They're like Khabib talks about stories of street fights. Whereas, like, his brother would lose in a fight. Then he would have to go fight that guy to defend the family's honor. Then after he beat that guy, you would have to fight that guy's brother. And then that guy's brother. They're different over there. I'm sorry. Anytime you see Ender Mago Medov on the fight card, just hit that money line, dude. Now, I do believe uh, Saeed or Saeed Nurmagomedov uh, does have a submission loss on his record. So if Cody's able to implement some jujitsu, then that might be um be be very be very beneficial. But I think I think Seaman has a wrestling prowess and power. If he keeps it on the feet, I believe he can finish him. I think if it gets taken to the ground, that district has such a heavy wrestling background and it's just built differently over there that I think you can never bet against Nomago Menov. Even though they're not from I the like same Stamen. area. I like Stamen going into this one, honestly. You like say he is the underdog. He is a little older. You know, age age doesn't matter. You can be old easy and now. Go out there and you, you, no, you can still go out there and bang. Oh, easy now. You've you've brought up age not mattering, and you've said the word bang. Stop now. No, well, you know what? I'm sick and do it. All right. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, uh, nothing wrong with a little underdog action, nothing wrong with a little underdog action. And you know what? For that reason, we're throwing him in the PGO parlay, baby. So let's look at this one. We got Nganu, we got Moreno, we got Pajera, and we got Stamen. But on top of that, we got Pajera in under two and a half. We got Moreno over three and a half going the distance. And we got Francis Ngannou taking down Cyril Gunn in under two and a half. You throw five bucks on that and you're walking away with 305. And I like that action, baby. Give it to me all day. That's the PGO parlay. You're telling me we have two now? We have two now, baby. Oh, we have two. Making moves now with it. We could we could oh, have I a like huge it. weekend. We could have a detrimental weekend. 
But you know what? When sports are on, it will always be an entertaining one. Exactly. We got a great weekend of sports. We are excited to watch all of it go down. And check back in with y'all on Tuesday. Yeah, we will bring you the recap of all of this come Tuesday. Probably a bit of a longer episode because we will have a lot to discuss and play around with. And this one Uh, was definitely a longer episode. Yes, and this one was a longer episode too. Ah, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Quick update for the viewers. We saved it to the end. So we are working a little more on our schedule. We're thinking Fridays and Tuesdays are our recording dates. We are figuring out when our upload, if we're going to maybe set upload times, what that's going to look like. That's still all up in the air. And we're hopefully going to be hitting you soon with a few different media platforms that aren't just Spotify. Not that we have anything wrong with Spotify. It's an awesome platform. We just want everyone to be able to hear. We we want diversity. Who doesn't? That's what we're aiming for. That's what we're aiming we for. We want the opposite of the NFL head coach situation. Diversity. Exactly. Exactly. We don't want just a bunch of old... Hey, okay, real quick fun fact before we end the episode, but because I do think it's a fun fact. In 2013, okay, Kyle Shanahan, yeah. Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay were all coaches together. For the Washington football team. Yep. Holy shit. How do you not keep one of those coaches in your system? Damn it. And you know what? I was actually, before we ended, I was going to say, we need to have our clown of the week. And then you dive right into that. You completely just gave it to me. Our PGO clown of the week is just the Washington football team. Perfect. Have they picked their new name yet? Have you? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, have you? I guess I could call them the Washington Admirals because it looks like that's what their uh, their team name is is going to be. They they did a whole a whole thing like, oh, we're teasing like this date. We're going to release our new our new team name and this and this get ready. And it's it, it got leaked pretty quick. Oh, perfect. If if you went, it's it's not on Google now. They fixed it, but if you went on Google and put in Washington Admirals, you would get taken to their like team page and whatnot for like the actual team itself. So, well, isn't that unless they're really just unless they're really trying to throw people off, but it looks like uh, they're going to be the Washington Admirals going into next season. But- I hope they are just trying to throw some people off because they released the shortlist for names, and the football team was still on the list. Yeah, no, they were heavily considering it. I was hoping they were going to keep it. Just say, fuck it. We're the football team. The PGO. Who's this year's Super Bowl champions? The football team. Good call. That ain't going to happen ever. That ain't Washington Admirals, you're a bunch of clowns, but we love you. And at least you're no longer hate speech. So that's a little less clown on your part. Good job. Yeah, good, good on them. I think that wraps up this episode. It sure does. I think we got it. Was a good time? It was. And we'll, and we'll have lots to discuss come next week after the fine weekend of uh, football, fighting, and everything else out there. Everything in between. We sure will. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. And have a great weekend.